40 years ago, you guys, I sat where you sat. I was a student at Montana State University in Bozeman, Montana, where I lived. And I, but I came to college not knowing Jesus. And I am so glad that there was a group of on-fire Chi Alpha students on my campus. And two months before I graduated in electrical engineering, I had an, a profound, life-changing encounter with Jesus. And I ended up not pursuing a career in engineering, but the Lord called me into campus ministry, and I've loved every minute of it since. So thanks, Glenn, for the opportunity to be here. I want to introduce you to my family. I have been married to the same lady for 30 years. And you guys, I met my wife, Joy, on a missions trip. Go on a missions trip. Good things happen. This is my son, David. He's now 25, and he's pursuing a civil engineering degree in Bozeman, where I live. This is my daughter, Mandy. She's 21. She has a massage therapy degree. How many of you know that's a great degree to have for a daughter to have? Yeah, yeah, it's a, good, it's a great degree. And she's pursuing a degree in graphic design. I also want to tell you something about Montana. My wife and I are doing something new this summer. We are putting together a plan called the Summer Job Project. So if you don't have a job for the summer and you're looking at making some money for school, I'd like to invite you to come to Montana. We have a Christian brother that has a business that supplies temporary labor to various businesses around town. And so you don't even have to find your own job. You just sign up with Greg Donaldson and he'll find you a temporary job. They're good jobs, every, everything from secretarial, some construction, some manual labor, all kinds of different things. And uh, salary is between $9 and $12 an hour. You'll live in our Chi Alpha house. And not only will you work, but during the evenings, we're going to have some discipleship classes. We're going to have some mentoring. We're going to have some uh, community, community spiritually uplifting and building experiences. Plus, you guys, Bozeman is the recreational capital of the world. It really is. World-class trout fishing streams. We live in the beautiful Rocky Mountains, so we're going to be doing some overnight backpacking trips. We're going to do service projects and hikes <laughs> on the weekends. This is going to be a tremendous time, and, and most of all, we want to build some more of the kingdom of God in, in students' lives. So if you're interested, I've got some information for you. You can see me after the meeting, and I'd like to line you up with that. Tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit about walking in the circle of the Father's love. Walking in the circle of the Father's love. I have a friend named Todd, and Todd came to the Lord. Not in, he actually came to the Lord when he was in Boston, and then he came back to Montana, and he ended up working on staff with me for five years. And, and Todd and I really shared a hunger together because we really wanted to see God move in a supernatural way through our lives. So we spent a lot of time praying together, and we spent, you know, hours, several hours a week just waiting and praying before the Lord and, and just saying, God, we, we just want to see your hand moving in a tangible, in a supernatural way. And so Todd was invited to be a part of, of a spiritual discussion group on our campus. And he was invited, since he was a Christian, he was invited to, to be the proponent of the Christian viewpoint. And he did that, and he did that well in a kind of a discussion format. Well, through that encounter, another man who was also presenting another side, they, they kind of rubbed shoulders, and, a, and an acquaintance was born. Do you understand that God strategically places with people? God really does that. I, if we had time tonight, I could tell you the specific people that Jesus brought into my life. And I was a loudmouth, anti-Vietnam War, pagan, hippie, protest radical. That was me. I was a, a loudmouth person. I was a little belligerent. 
And see, I had been jaded by my, my growing up in a mainline church. I don't, I don't blame them, but it just, it just kind of jaded me. And so I just didn't, I didn't really have a lot of good perspective about Christianity. And there's a lot of people in the world, a lot of people here that are that way. But see, they, they don't know the true Jesus, and that's the way I was. And you know what? God started sending specific people into my life, and they started sharing with me the scripture. I remember this, this one day. This was in October, and this was the October of my senior year. And I was, I was just having a, a real down day. And instead of going to my, my numerical analysis class, I went into the student center, and I got a chocolate ice cream cone. I maybe know chocolate cures everything, you know. So I went and got a chocolate ice cream cone. And, I'm, and, I, and it's a beautiful fall morning in, in Montana, the blue sky, the leaves are all turning golden and yellow, and the sun is out. So I, I got my ice cream cone, and I was leaning up against this cottonwood tree in front of the math physics building. And as I'm licking on my ice cream cone, this man came up to me that I, I had never seen this man before, and really no one had ever taken the time to really talk to me about Jesus. And nobody had, especially a stranger, and so I'm sitting there, just imagine, I'm just enjoying the beauty, licking on my delicious chocolate ice cream cone. And this, this man came up to me, and, and he looks down at me, and he said these words. He said, praise the Lord. No one had ever said that to me. We didn't say those words in the church that I grew up in, and so I didn't know quite what to think. And he said, can I talk to you? And I'm, see, I'm cool, I'm a hippie, you know, make love, not war. Okay, so sit down. So he sits down, and he pulls out this Bible that's about the size of my wallet here. My son David made this wallet for me about 15 years ago, and it's literally falling apart. But I don't want to get rid of it because it's something my son made for me, and it's really precious to me. So this guy pulls out this Bible about the size of this wallet, and he starts reading scriptures to me. Now, I'm a Bible illiterate. I knew a few of the stories of Jesus, but I, that's all that I knew. And he read from these really strange-sounding books like Ephesians. I thought, what are Ephesians? And then he read from Thessalonians. And I thought, are those like academia nuts? Are you supposed to eat those or what? <laughs> and I really wasn't understanding much of anything of what he was saying. But, but you know what? The thing that really grabbed my attention was his passion. And he kept telling me, he was trying to persuade me that I needed to be saved. I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. But what impressed me was his compassion. And he must have read the scripture to me for 10 or 15 minutes. And then just as suddenly as he showed up on the scene, he stood up and he said, praise the Lord. And he walked away. And I never saw the guy again. I've never seen him again. But I tell you what, I'm going to see him in heaven. And you know what? In heaven, he's going to know the rest of the story. Because see, on this side of eternity, most of us don't get to know the rest of the story, do we? The seeds that we plant, the, praise that we, the prayers that we pray for people, the efforts that we, we make in spreading the, the good news of Jesus. We don't see the rest of the story. But I want you to, this is what happened on the inside. So we don't see what goes on on the inside. I'm sure that young man walked away discouraged thinking, Lord, that guy is lost. And I was lost. And I gave no indication I was polite. You know, I didn't punch his lights out or anything. But I didn't, you know, say, yes, I want Jesus. I just politely listened and kind of went, yeah, that's cool, I guess. And yet, this is what happened to me. When he was speaking those words of truth to me, it's like this laser beam of light pierced my dark heart. And I was living in a real dark place, a lot of despair. I was lost, and I knew it, but I didn't know the answer. 
And as, as he spoke, it's like this little thin, beautiful laser beam of light entered my heart. And, and that was the first moment that I gave serious consideration to the possibility that Jesus was the way. And it was actually six months later before I actually gave my heart to the Lord. But that was a significant encounter. You see, guys, you never know what your life, what, see, people are watching you. People you don't even know, they're watching your life. And, you know, Jesus uses us as his witnesses. And, and, and particularly, if we really give ourselves to the disciplines of growth, and we really, really give ourselves to the things that Jesus has told us to do, he will amplify our witness. So my friend Todd, he had, he had been a witness to this man on this spiritual discussion and they'd had a few conversations about the Bible and about the Lord, and that was kind of the end of it. Well, a couple of weeks later, he was in a local video store in Bozeman, and he wants to get a video for his family. So he's in there, and, and who comes in the door but this man that he had talked to in the spiritual discussion group about a month before, except this guy came in. He had one of those white gauze patches over his eye, and it was obvious something was going on. So Todd goes up to him and says, hi, Joe, how you doing? And Joe says, oh, I'm not doing good at all. I said, I've got an eye infection, and the doctor can't find out what's wrong with me, and, and I'm concerned because the doctor said I may lose my sight. And as Todd is listening, he hears Jesus say something to him. How many of you know Jesus loves to talk to us? Jesus communicates with us. And if we're listening at all, if we have a heart that says, God, I, I want to be about your business. I want to be available to hear your voice and to do your will. That, if that's our heart, see, God's going to communicate to us. And Todd heard the Holy Spirit say, now, Todd, pray for him right now. And, and Todd thought, gee, this is the video store. I don't know if I can do this. And so he just mumbled some words to Joe like, well, Joe, I'll be praying for you. And Joe kind of went, all right, thanks. And then he, he left him and he went to another part of the video store where, where his wife was. And But he knew that God was talking to him. How many, you know, if I... If I say that God has his thumb on me, you know what you, you know what that means? It's like God gets after you. He's kind of, he's following you around. He's kind of putting his thumb in your head. Lord, I don't want to do that. Lord, just do it, do it, you know. Well, that's how Todd felt. It's like, you know, God was after him. So he told his wife, he says, you know, Kathleen, my friend Joe is over there, and I just saw him. He's got this eye patch, and I'm kind of feeling the Holy Spirit was telling me to go pray for him. And so being a good wife, she puts her elbow in his gut and says, well, obey, you know. That's what you teach us to do. So she gave him a little kick in the pants for encouragement. So Joe goes and finds Joe, or Todd goes and finds Joe. And he says, uh, Joe, can I pray for you? And, and Joe immediately, he starts backing up and had that deer in the headlight panic look on his like, uh, face like, oh, no, I don't know, I don't know. And Todd says, I'd like to pray for you, Joe, and I won't embarrass you, okay? And Joe kind of says, okay, make it quick. And Todd simply laid his hand on this man's shoulder and said, Jesus, would you heal this eye? Amen. That's all the prayer. So Todd got his video and he went home. Well, a couple weeks later, he's in the grocery store in our, in our hometown, just getting ready to check out his, uh, for his groceries. And suddenly across the store, he hears a ruckus. And, and there's a man, this man is yelling, the healer, the healer, there's the healer. And Todd's thinking, who's healing here in the grocery store? And it, and it was Joe, and God healed his eye. 
And he came up, and, and so it, right here, and the people are, you know, checking out their groceries, and they're looking around wondering, what's happening here? And, and this guy pointed at Todd and says, this man healed my eye. Jesus healed my eye. It's almost like the manager came on and said, if you want healing, go, go to aisle three. You know, it was just, it was, it was like a book of Acts opportunity. And God not only healed Joe's eye, but Joe gave his life to Jesus, and a year later, Todd performed his wedding ceremony. See, that's what happens. Walking in the circle of the Father's love means that I grow in my confidence. See, I grow in my security so that when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me and saying, Dick, I want you to do something, then we have the confidence and the boldness to do that. John 5, 19 is one of my favorite verses because it describes how Jesus operated. Here's what it says. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Now see, this is Jesus' mode of ministry. See, everything that Jesus did, he, he saw his father doing it. And I love this statement. He says, he says, I can do nothing on my own. Now, if Jesus could do nothing, how much can we do? Less than nothing, zero, zip, nacho, nada. How's that? I mean, it's like, and you guys, what, one of the, I think one of the prerequisites to really being used of God is a real sense of our own insufficiency. Because, you know, if, if I start thinking, you know, God got a pretty good deal when he got me, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty smart and, you know, I'm pretty cool. And, you know, see, that's pride. And God says, I'm opposed to the proud. But if we approach God with a real sense of humility and, and, and a sense of desperate need, then, see, God is going to be able to work through that in a powerful way. And isn't it interesting that even Jesus said, I can't do anything on my own? See, Jesus would not do anything that was independent of his Father. And so Jesus lived in this perfect communion, this perfect conversation where he was talking to his Father, the Father was talking to him. The Holy Spirit was communicating things supernaturally to Jesus. And so every day, that's, what, that's how Jesus walked. And, I, and we all understand that Jesus would get up early in the morning. And what would he do? He would be at a place of prayer. And what was he doing? It's like he was getting the instructions for the day. And he was saying, okay, Father, what's on your agenda today? And he would hear the Father say, well, son, today you're going to go up to Samaria. And there's going to be a woman there, and I have some things for you to do there. Or maybe the father would say, well, son, today you're going to walk on the water. And Jesus says, wow, that'll really impress the troops, you know. See, all of his instructions came from the father. And you guys, that's how we are to walk. See, we walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And Jesus intends that we learn to, to discern his voice, and we learn to hear these, these quiet instructions that he gives to us, and as we do that, boom, ministry begins to happen. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So the secret, see, of bearing fruit is to learn to remain, learn to abide, learn to cultivate that wonderful, wonderful sense of continual conversation that we have with the Lord. Now, how did Jesus know what his father was doing? Let me suggest three ways to you. 
The first way is that Jesus says, I see the Father working. I see the Father working. Often in the scripture, Paul tells us, he says, I want your eyes to be open. Remember, Jesus said, he who has eyes to see, he, he who has eyes, let him see. He who has ears, let him hear. You see, there's a, there's a, there's a spiritual sight that God wants to give to us, that he, that he wants to open our eyes to. And so I have literally been practicing this now for over 30 years. I've been saying, now, Lord, I want to see what you're doing. And over time, and it really, it's come slowly. It hasn't come all in a rush, but slowly I see things. I'll, I'll look at people and I'll just see things in their lives. Sometimes I see demonic activity. Sometimes I just know something that's going on in their lives. Not, not because I'm not a mind reader. I'm not operating in any demonic kind of thing, but it's, it's Jesus is just talking to me. One time I was praying at the altar for some people. And, and I, I came to pray for this lady, and, and as, as I looked at her, I saw that she lived in a house of fear, a house of fear. So I, I just stopped, and I said, do you struggle with fear? And she went, woo-hoo-hoo, started crying. And, and she said, that's exactly, how did you know? And I said, well, I didn't, but Jesus did. And he showed me because he wants to help you. And so I had an opportunity to pray and to minister to her. One time I was ministering at a SALT conference, and we were, we were talking about this subject of learning to hear God's voice. And so we, we did, after I taught some, we had this little laboratory time, and so there were 350 students at this conference. And so I, I said, now here's what we're going to do. We're going to take five minutes of silence, and I just want you to say, Jesus, I want you to speak to me. And so we just waited for five minutes. Then after five minutes was over, I said, now I want you to raise your hand if, if you sense the Lord said something to you, well, about 30% of the students there raised their hand. I was very encouraged. I said, now we're going we're gonna to go back to the Lord. And if, if the Lord spoke something to you, if you, you sense the Lord communicated something to you, then the second question I want you to ask the Lord is, is what the Lord shared for you personally or is it for the whole group? Sometimes God see, speaks to us and it's just for us, isn't it? It's not for anybody else. Other times, God will show us something because he wants to minister to someone else. So we waited on the Lord, again, five minutes, and then I said, now how many of you in this group of 350 believe that you have something that really should be shared with the whole group? Well, about 12 students raised their hands, and they said, I think I should share this with the group. So I had them one by one stand up and say, now what did you sense the Lord saying to you? And some of the people had really general things. Like one girl, she stood up and she said, I, I believe there's someone here and you're struggling with loneliness. Well, in a crowd of 350 college students, there's going to be a lot of people struggling with loneliness, right? So that, that, that wasn't real specific. But another person had a word. Actually, they had a picture. And it was a person that was, they were in a pit. Like, you know, just a, a, a deep pit with no way out. And they were trying to, scratch their way up the sides, but there's no way they could climb out of the top. And the word of the Lord was that the Lord said, I see that you're in a pit and I want to help you. I want to draw you out of that pit. And then this other lady stood up and she said simply this, the Lord showed me that, the, that, that he wants to impart boldness to us. Now that's what she said. 
Now, what I saw is that as this girl stood up to say that, it's like there was a column of light. I mean, there was this shaft of light that I saw over her. Now, I was not seeing something in the physical realm. I was seeing something in the spirit realm. And there was God was doing something very unique in her life. So I had all of the these 12 people that received something from the Lord. I had them come to the front and, and I said to the rest of the students, now if what these students shared resonates with you and you know that, yeah, I, I'm one of those people that are lonely and I need to get prayer for it tonight. I said, you come to the person that got that word. And you know, every one of those 12 students had eight or nine students. It was so beautiful. And the interesting thing is the girl that heard the Lord saying, I want to give you boldness. I say, I was watching. I knew God was doing something. And this was not the kind of meeting where there was a lot of emotional things going on. It was, it was just, it was like tonight. We just enjoyed worship together and we're just having fun. We're just fellowshipping together. There's nothing really, you know, hyping going on. And, and so when these, the, about 10 people came up to this girl and when she began to pray for them, she touched them. The power of God came on these people and they were all down on the ground. It was very interesting because she wasn't pushing them. She wasn't going into, you know, a, an overly emotional thing. It was, she was just praying for them and boom, the power of God hit them. And it was just a precious thing. And see, that was something that God was doing. It wasn't, it wasn't manufactured by people, but it was something that God was doing. So I want you to touch your eyes. And I want you to pray. Let's pray this prayer responsibly. Dear Lord Jesus, you pray out loud after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to see what you are doing. And I ask you to open my eyes that I can see what you are doing, Father. And as you reveal this to me, I will obey. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. See, opening our eyes. You guys, you'll be amazed. Walk in humility with the Lord. The Lord will show you things. And you know, you, why does he do it? It's because he loves people so much. See, he, Father, you, know, you understand this. Father loves every human being on the planet, doesn't he? He loves everybody on this campus. He loves everybody in the world. And just like that one day, Told you about that young man coming and reading the Bible to me. You know, that was a God appointment because God knew that's what I needed at that moment. And that young man simply was, was obedient to the Lord that day and there was fruit. And it, uh, boy, it radically changed my life. Okay, second way. The second way that Jesus ministered is that he heard the Father speak. John 5 and verse 30, Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge. See, one of the inheritance that each one of us has is that we, we can learn to hear God's voice. Now, when I say hearing God's voice, I'm not talking about an audible voice because most of the time when I say I hear God's voice, I don't hear a literal audible, audible voice. Dick, go there, do that. No, it's not an audible voice. But what is it? It's, it's God speaking into my thoughts. And that's how he communicates with us. And so I have to go through this process of determining what's me, what's pizza that I ate for dinner, and what's God, right? I mean, it's a mystery, and, and it's, a, it's, it's a trial and error proposition. It really is. 
I do not hit it every time. But I have the humility that if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit it and say, whoops, sorry, I must have missed it. But that's how we learn to hear God's voice. One time, uh, one of our graduates is working out in the Cincinnati, or excuse me, uh, Cleveland, Ohio area. And so he invited me to come out and I got to speak at his church. And, and my friend Larry was the only person that I knew in this church of 300 people. I mean, everybody else are strangers to me and I'm a stranger to them. So the Sunday morning I was to speak, I was up early in the morning. I was up at about six o'clock and I was just, I was, you know, praying about my message and I was just talking to Jesus. And I was saying, now, Jesus, what are you doing here today? You know these people, you know them intimately. And I just said, Lord, is there anything you want to tell me? And as I'm waiting quietly on the Lord, I think I hear this word. And, and it's always, I think, because it's like, Lord, is that really what you're saying? It's, there's always this, this kind of mysterious quality to hearing God's voice. And, and I felt the Lord say there was going to be a lady in the service that morning, and she was in a high level of emotional pain. I said, okay. And I said, Lord, what else? And then I, I felt the Lord said, and her name begins with an S. Now that's a little more specific, isn't it? And then two names came into my mind, Sarah and Susan. And I thought, well, Lord, which one is it? Well, the Lord, he gave me two names. I thought, wow, this is really strange. And so I, I just continued to wait before the Lord, and that's, that's all the Lord gave me. So we went to the we, we, you know, went to the church, went to the worship, and then they introduced me, and I'm speaking, and, and, I, and I'm ready to conclude my message. You know, and, and you, you know, we all can multitask. You know, while I'm speaking, I can be listening to Jesus. It's like I got my cell phone on, you know. My cell phone's on, and I'm, I'm available for Jesus to communicate with me. So as I'm bringing the message to a conclusion, I said, now, Lord, what about that word that you gave me? Do you want me to give it? And the Lord said, yes. Now, obeying God always means you have to take a risk, right? See, faith always means taking a risk. And there's, there's always the possibility that what if I missed it? You know, then I'm going to confirm that I'm just a country bumpkin from Montana, you know. But I, I took the risk. And so I said, I believe there's a woman here. You're in, you're in a high level of emotional pain. I said, I believe your name begins with an S. And I believe your name is either Sarah or Susan. But I'm not sure about that. And I said, if that is you, would you come to the altar? So... I was praying for people at the altar, and I turned, and a lady in tears said, my name is Susan. My life is falling apart. See how God works? God knew this woman's pain, didn't he? He knew that she was in a very desperate crisis in her life, and she came to church that morning wondering, God, do you care? Do you even know what's going on in my life? And God just speaks to her country bumpkin from Montana puts that little word into my into my spirit that there's someone there and 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 it connects see it becomes a supernaturally natural event and God really touched her and you know what she went home from that service knowing that God had her number and she was encouraged and I got to pray for her and just as we were getting ready to go and have some lunch she came back up to me and she said Dick thank you this really meant a lot to me today and I want to introduce you I want to introduce you to my daughter her name is Sarah. I got two for one that day. <laughs> See how that works, you guys? And I, I, I want, you guys, I want faith to rise in your heart because this can happen to you. This is not just for a few super spiritual people. It's for every son and daughter. 
Every one of us can qualify to hear God's voice. We have a, one of our small group leaders. He was, he, uh, before he became a small group leader, he came from a background where he was, he was water baptized as a child. And then, and then he came to college and he really, he gave his life to Jesus. He was really born again. And, and he was wrestling with the issue of water baptism. And so, you know, he, he talked to me and I said, well, I think you need to be baptized as an adult. And then he talked to his other church pastor. He said, no, you were baptized as a child, so you don't need to. So he was going back and forth on this. So he's, so this, um, Mike is in his small group. They're meeting one evening and, and, and he's been wrestling with this question of baptism now for all week. And so he comes to the meeting and, and uh, during the prayer time, Mike is sitting there wrestling, saying, okay, Lord, I got to have an answer. I, I just got to know, if you want me to be water baptized, you're going to have to give me some kind of sign or something, and, and I'll do what you're telling me to do. One of the other guys in the core group, as they're praying, he hears the Lord say these words. Joe, yeah, yeah, Lord, I want you to go to the sink, and I want you to get a glass of water. <laughs> you see where this is going, you know. <laughs> And the, here's what the Lord said. I want you to get some water and just and dribble it on Mike Emery's head. <laughs> yeah, right, Lord. That's, that's going to turn the whole thing into a water fight, and we're not going to get anything done in our small group. And, and he just dismissed it like, that is crazy. That cannot be God. But he said the impression persisted. He just heard it again. And he, oh, Lord, what do you really want me to do? And he says, go to the kitchen, get a glass of water, and dribble it. Don't douse him. Just dribble some water. So you know what he finally did? He obeyed. And you guys, this is where the rubber meets the road. See, when, when, I, when I start, it just, just sounds like a God thing. I'm never going to know until I do it. And so Joe went to the sink. Everybody else is praying, so he didn't disrupt anything. He went to the sink, poured a glass of water, and he came and stood behind Mike Emery. And Mike Emery, you know, he's just like this. He's praying and... and um, and, and, and the Lord just said, just dribble the water. So he put his finger in the glass, and he just dribbled a couple of drops down Mike's forehead. And as soon as the water hit his forehead, he just came alive like this. And here's what Mike said. Mike said, I can't believe it. He said, I, was, I just prayed that God would give me a sign of what I'm to do. And just as I prayed that, I felt water running down my forehead. God gave me my sign, and I was <laughs> baptized in water. See how God works? He wants us all to hear his voice. Now touch your ears. Touch your ears and let's pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, I want to hear your voice. So strengthen me. Help me to discern when you're speaking. And when you speak, Lord, I will obey. Thank you for helping me, Jesus. Amen. Guys, God wants to take us to a new level. I'm reading this incredible book. It's called Mega Shift. Do you, do you know that the, the church around the world, and, and th this particular author is defining, he calls them apostolic Christians, okay? And it's, it's Kaiapha people. It's people that we really believe the Bible. We really believe that Jesus is going to use us to touch people. And, and we give our money and we give our time. And we're serious about this. That's what he, ca he calls those apostolic Christians, not just churchgoers, okay, people who just go to church. 
And he, he's, he, in this book, he tells these amazing stories that he's collected firsthand. And he says this, that right now, the apostolic church is growing at 8% per year. And everything else is only growing 1%. I mean, you know, Muslims and Hindus, all, everything else is 1% or less. And the way things are going in the next 30 years, if this continues, then um, there's going to be more Christians than anything else on the planet. And you know, you guys, it's happening largely through poor, uneducated believers, our brothers and sisters around the world, and it's largely in the more impoverished parts of the planet. But there are incredible things happening. I read this story. There was a, a young man, he was in Egypt, and he was preaching in one of the rural villages. And he was preaching Jesus, and about 12 Muslims were really responding and saying, yes, I want to know Jesus. And the elders, the elder men, the Islamic elders, they came, and, and when they heard the name of Jesus, they were incensed, and they, they picked up rocks, and, and, and they threatened this guy, and this dear Christian thought, ha, hallelujah, I'm going to be home with Jesus. He, he thought for sure the end had come, because these guys were filled with wrath, and he knew that his days were numbered. And he said these, these Muslim men began to angrily throw rocks at him, and when the rocks hit them, hit him, they turned into just dust balls. They, they hit him, and they were just dust balls. And it incensed the Muslim men. They just kept pounding him. And finally, they saw a miracle was taking place, and they ran away in terror. God is doing, friends, God is doing these things. Unfortunately, it's not happening in the West very much right now, but it is happening in the non-Western nations in a phenomenal way. And God, I think, I think God's going to do it here, too. There's just so much unbelief. And see, we don't need God in the West. We have so much. We have so much affluence. We just have so much. We don't really see our spiritual needs. But see, these, you guys, these things are for you and they're for me. The third way that Jesus knew is that he knew his Father's heart. John 8, 29 says, The one who sent me is with me, for he has not left me alone, but because I always do what pleases him. You know, when you, when you really know someone well, when you, you, you know, how, you know how, what will really bless them, you know? Isn't, isn't it cool? You know, when somebody that really knows you, you know, I mean, they, they've really taken the time to know your needs, your desires, your wants, and your wishes. And, you know, and they buy that special CD that you've been wanting a long time, and they show up and say, here, Dick, here's your... Uh, Here's the CD you've been wanting. Don't you just feel really loved? And, and see, it takes time. You just have to really get to know the person, and then out of that, you're able to supply the right gift. And, and that, see, as we get to know the Father's heart, see, as I just draw close to the Lord, I'm going to be in a situation, and I'm just going to know, well, you know, this would really make the Lord happy. This would really make the Lord happy. One time I was doing a high school retreat, and I was in a small rural Monta Montana town, and it was a ski retreat, and I was getting too old to ski, so I, I sent all the students off in the big bus. They went up to the ski hill, and I was delighted because I thought, aha, I've got a whole day with nothing to do but read. I'm in heaven. And so I hadn't had breakfast yet, so I went in the little local log cabin cafe and ordered some pancakes. And, and as I'm sitting there waiting for my breakfast, probably 15 people in the little restaurant, I just said, Father, what are you doing here today? 
what, what are you doing in Shoto, Montana? What are you doing in this little town? And as I'm waiting for my breakfast, I'm just, just praying for that. And I, I noticed the, the lady that was my server, and she was a middle-aged lady. And boy, she, she looked really that she had really been used up in life. I mean, she looked, she looked 80, and she was probably only 40, but she just had lived a hard life. And I just, so I just found my heart going out to her and she was really busy so I didn't really get to get a chance to talk to her but as um, after I ate my pancakes I, I just you know I just thought you know I'm just gonna leave her a generous tip and so I so I you know I, I basically doubled the price of the breakfast and left that for her as a tip and she was busy busting tables so I, I, I just put the uh, just put the money on the counter by the cash register and I walked out the door and I, I was walking out to my car and this old lady this uh, server, she came out, and I still have this picture in my mind because she's waving the, the, the $20 bill and, and the check like this. She's coming out the door, and, say, and she's saying, Sir, sir, you forgot your change. You left way too much money. And I just came back to her. I said, No, I said, I just wanted to bless you today. That's for you. And this, this crusty old lady that I could see so much pain in her face, it's almost, she almost just started crying right there. And see, I, I did it because I just felt God said it would please me. I didn't really get to tell her about Jesus in that moment, but I have to believe that's part of God's plan in reaching out to her. So touch your heart, and let's pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to know your heart, and I want to know what pleases you. So help me to know you better, and give me the courage to do what pleases you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now see, Jesus totally trusted his father. See, Jesus was, he didn't have a ministry agenda. Think about this. Every day, Jesus was dependent on the father. Okay, father, what's on the agenda for today? Okay, go and speak this. Go and teach this. Some days he healed multitudes. Some days... You know, he healed people until it got too dark at night to heal anybody else, and they had to go home because it got dark. Some days were like that. Other times, Jesus healed one person, and it was all dependency on what the Father was doing. See, because the Father loves you, the Father loves you, he's going to show you his game plan for your life. One time, uh, a, per a lady that was involved in another ministry on our campus and, and she, she called me up and she said, I'm, I've heard that you and your wife do some inner healing and, and ministry to people. I said, yes, that's right. And she said, well, I, I don't go to Chi Alpha, but would you be willing to pray with me? Because I've, I've got an issue going on in my life. And I said, oh, yeah, certainly. So we set up a time and, and, I, and I met with her a couple of sessions. And, and there, was, there was some deep woundedness. There was, there was some issues of betrayal. And, and I knew that God had to do something because I can't fix broken hearts. Only Jesus can do that. So we set up a, a prayer appointment for this one particular day. We have a little chapel on our campus, which is nice. And it, it usually doesn't have very many people in it. So it's a great place to meet. It's kind of a private place where you can meet and pray for people. So we had a noon appointment that day. So early in the morning, I'm having my time with the Lord. I'm saying, okay, Lord, I'm going I'm to meet with this lady at 12 o'clock. And I said, what, what are you going to do? And, and, you know, the Lord spoke these words to me. The Lord said, I'm going to show up at noon. 
And so I thought, well, I'm not going to miss the meeting if you're going to be there. See, what happened is it, it faith came into my heart. See, God says, basically what God is saying is, I'm going to fix what's broken, dear. I thought, well, hallelujah, I'm going to watch. <laughs> you, you understand? That was the Father's agenda. That wasn't my agenda. I had, I had just been available for the ministry, but now I'm hearing the Father say, I'm going to come and I'm going to heal her. So we met in that little chapel and we prayed for about an hour and God did just what he said. He showed up and there was tears and there was repentance and there was weeping. And Jesus did a miracle that day. He gave this woman that had been betrayed a new heart. It's the most awesome thing. She never came to Chi Alpha. I, she was never really a part of my flock, but that's an assignment that the Father gave me to do. Well, she ended up getting engaged a few months later, and, and so she sent me a wedding invitation. And so I was free. It was a Christmas wedding, and I, I wasn't busy, so I decided to go, even though I had only met with her three or four times. So I went to the wedding, and it was a beautiful wedding. And afterwards, her and her new husband are hand-in-hand are, are hand greeting all of the guests. And she comes up to me, and, and she's, she introduces me to her, her now her new husband, and she said these words to me. She said, Dick, this is, uh, this is one of the best days of my life. Because she said, everybody here has meant something to me. Of course, my mom and dad, my uncle, my grandpa, my grandma, and all my friends. And she said, everybody that's meant something to me is here today. And then with tears in her eyes, she looked at me and she said, and, and you, you came and you brought Christ to me. And I thought, oh, isn't it worth it to serve Jesus? Isn't it worth it just to be his UPS delivery boy? That's all we are. See, we're just UPS delivery boys. You guys, this is what the gifts of the Spirit are. And so when Jesus starts talking and saying, no, Dick, I have a, I have a gift. I have, I have a delivery I want you to make. What I do is I just come up to you and say, ding dong, UPS. And I just, <laughs> I give you what Father gave me. See, that's all the gifts of the Spirit are. Ding dong, UPS. That's what Todd did that day in the video store because the father is going to heal that guy. And that's all we say. Ding dong, UPS. And then we just leave because the father, take care of the gift. He'll take care of the delivery. All we have to do is be faithful to him. And I would say to you that that's, this is the normal Christian life. And it's the kind of life that I want you to live. It's the kind of life, you guys, that will bear eternal fruit. So these are the kinds of things that are, are racking up points for eternity. Amen? This is the kind of stuff that really counts. Jesus has a strategy to reach Stanford, doesn't he? It's like he's got a strategy where I am at Montana State University, 12,000 cowboys. <laughs> We're called the Utter University, okay? <laughs> And God has a plan for the 12,000 cowboys where I live. Just like God has a plan for your life, and he has a plan for the people that you rub shoulders with every day. And I'd like you to just bow your heads with me, and I'd like to invite the worship team to come. See, we're talking about walking in the circle of the Father's love. And so we all need a, a fresh infusion of the Father's love. We all need that because when we start hearing Jesus 
say risky things that we kind of go, oh, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. Lord, you, re you really want me to go talk to that person? I don't even know them. Or, Lord, you want me to give money to that person? Or you want me to do this? Or you want me to do that? <coughs> Jesus, ha this Jesus has all kinds of assignments for each one of us in this world. He's got a plan, so he's not abandoned you. You don't have to come up with ideas for ministry. You don't have to come up with a game plan. All you have to do is listen to the Holy Spirit. He has the plan, and he's going to make you effective. So as we worship tonight, would you, would you just let the Father minister to you? I know, I know some of you in this room, it's, the whole idea of hearing God's voice is pretty foreign. It's like, oh, no, and there's a little discomfort. And some of you have some fear. It's like, oh, no, that's getting pretty weird. But you guys, this is normal Christianity. Jesus, he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I don't do anything else. And sons and daughters that are, that are we're connected to the same Father, and that's how he gets to walk. We get to walk. Doing what the Father says. We're going to learn to see what He's doing. And we're going to know His heart in greater ways. And He's going to use each one of us for profound deliveries that's going to make a tremendous difference in those around us. And for some of us, it's going to make profound difference among the nations. The nations of the world that have yet to have the gospel. Your prayers... And some of us are going to have to go and do it. Some of us have to, God's going to call some of us to go. So, Father, I ask you just to touch us tonight with a fresh revelation of the Father's love, of, of the assurance that you've got a plan, and it's a good plan, Lord. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a mighty plan. Give each one of my brothers and sisters here tonight a fresh assurance that you want to use them, Lord God. There's, there's people that you're going to touch uniquely through their lives. And just help our faith to grow, Lord. Help, us our, help our faith to be kindled and, and to be fervent and to anticipate and believe that, that maybe you could do a healing through me in a video slide. Or maybe you could give me a word of knowledge about my friend, that I sit with in class. Something that there's no way I'd ever know in the natural, but you, by the Spirit, know that. And it would somehow become a God moment in his or her life that would open them to the reality of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So just increase our faith now, Lord. We're just going to look to you now as we love you and worship you, Lord, in these moments.